0: You are listening to Germantown Community Radio, 92.9 FM, WGGT, Philadelphia. Also online at gtownradio.com. Good evening. This is Cue the Mic. Cue
1: the Mic. Cue the Mic. This is Dr. Norris Jones, not a medical doctor, but, you know, scholarly one. And um, I don't take myself too serious, which is why it's, it's the British accent there. It's Dr. Norris Jones. My grandson calls me Dr. Grandmother. Um, at my request he's all of four um and i am a oh, pronouns my pronouns are she her I always forget the pronouns doctor and dude i answered to dude and i'm sitting here with sandy who will introduce himself
0: yes my name is sandy smith uh i'm one of the other german towners on this program my day job is home and real estate editor at philadelphia magazine uh in order to discourage people from sending me email address, Dear Ms. Smith, my head pronouns are he, him, and his. Moving on to our next co-host, take away.
2: wave. Hey, uh, Rich Patacavoli here. Um, I am uh, he, him, his. A, I am the founder of the Montgomery County LGBT Business Council and event planner extraordinaire. Um, I was born Richard. <laughs> but I uh, changed my name to Ricky during my midlife crisis. I always wanted to be a Ricky when I was a kid. Turn it over to Herman.
3: Hey, everyone. My name is Herman Epperson. I'm a Philly native, born and raised, uh, former soldier, served in the Army National Guard for 11 years. Currently, I'm a uh, theater major at Community College of Philadelphia, and on this show, I'm the straight guy's pr- perspective, uh, that straight guy ally. Um, A lot of my friends are gay and trans, and having to navigate that um, transitioning from the military into uh, civilian life was a real eye-opener. So hopefully I can provide some perspective from my point of view.
0: What's up tonight? Well, we start off the show with uh, our weekly Why Pronouns Matter feature, followed by a political cue today with Ricky Batacoli. Then we have our first Cue the Mic Trans Spotlight. Uh, our guest this evening is Tom Pryde, uh Abington homeless capital uh, advocate and dad hug connoisseur, followed by ever-popular Gay Answers to Straight Questions, and then our lightning round, Newsworthy or Not. I must regret that uh, this day in queer history, I found nothing queer. <laughs> we will move on to uh,
1: Why Pronouns Matter, Person's Identity. It's it's they identify and respecting how they wish to be addressed. Um, Yeah, I
2: found a little piece on that this morning. Uh, You know, as a founder of the Montgomery County LGBT Business Council, this is really important when it comes to LGBT commerce and and people in business. Um, You know, creating a diverse and inclusive workplace can be a complex task. Um, but the important thing is to get started and one step organizations are taking to ensure communications are inclusive uh, is enabling conversations about people's, people's gender pronouns. Um, personal gender pronouns are often referred to as PGPs or more simply gender pronouns and according to GLSEN, um there has been a shift away from the term preferred gender pronoun or PGP uh, um, to what's use the, just the yeah, word I'm pronoun. Um, sorry, what's
1: the PG, the PGP. What did you say about
2: that? Personal gender pronoun, PGP. We're, we're steering away from that. Sorry, preferred gender pronoun, um, and there has been a shift away from that. Just to say pronoun. This change was made because of a person's pronouns are not just preferred; they are the pronouns that must be used. Um, Personally, I'd like to see this become more commonplace in business. You know, I still receive emails um, with people's signatures. They're not using it. Um, Even when I walk into Target or, you know, any retail store, we have folks wearing name tags and, you know, it'd be nice to see their gender pronouns. So that's all I have on um, why pronouns are important.
1: That's, that's fabulous, that, and, and this is information that's always evolving, it's always happening, um, so it's important to keep up with that. Um, we have a new segment that we're gonna start um, this week. There goes the um, and we need to have like a jar every time someone says um. The the mic Trans Spotlight, and this week on the Trans Spotlight, this is very new for us. Um, we had a meeting and it just kind of came out of a meeting, but we wanted to make sure that we were addressing for things specifically in the trans community. So the spotlight this week is on the book. I believe it's for preschoolers. I am Jazz. Um, this I actually got this as a wish list item for my daughter-in-law for my grandson. And when I brought it up in the meeting the other week, so many people knew about this book. So many people knew of Jazz or met Jazz or her mom. So this book was written when Jazz was, what do you say, five or six years old maybe? Yeah.
2: I haven't read the book, but I do remember seeing the show many years ago and it, it just really warmed my heart. And I, I think that show really helped parents come to terms with their child right. when they saw this show. So kudos to Jazz on that.
1: And so we actually had our guest from last week, Chris Nelson, and she said that she met her um, the Trans Health Conference in Philadelphia every year. Right. Um, but it's really a very interesting book. Our other co-host kind of got a peek at it this morning, but it tells the tale of a five, six, seven, because they talked about being in school and talked about the things that jazz liked and hanging out with her two friends and they liked makeup and dancing and things um, and backwoods all these things. And they you know, play dress-ups the way little girls do with, you know, the mommy's pearls and the heels that they're trying to walk in. And then there's one page where Jazz says, we're best friends, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not like the two friends and I'm stuck at names. We're going to call Mary and Sue. He talks about how she has a boy's body, but a girl's brain. And she talked to her mom and dad, and
2: I could totally relate to that. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, so she talked to her parents, and they eventually took her to a doctor. I'm going to say, eventually, but they went to a doctor because she was allowed to wear what she wanted to wear in the house, but it became challenging going outside. And how Jazz didn't like when they went outside in public, he had to dress with the boy as a boy. And when they went to the doctor, the doctor talked told him and he said, she said that she heard the word trans brought up and she said, I'm a transgender person. Uh, and that was just, it was just on that level.
2: Well, this is a great book. Um, I think um, for kids to be able to pick up her parents. You know, one of the things I do as an advocate here in Montgomery County is try to get this stuff in libraries. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. make sure I contact um, you know, my library here in Lansdale and I have a a relationship with the North Wales Public Library, you know, making sure books get in, yeah. Um, It's something that I've done before. Um, I've um, introduced them to all types of LGBTQ um, books to have, you know, in their library. Uh, So, um,
1: but- And I never thought about how different types of books get into libraries. So I guess it is something that sometimes we have to request as citizens.
2: Huh. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I never thought about it until I um, inadvertently got involved with my local libraries. So, right, wow. You know, uh, I, I had found that I had been going to um, LGBTQ conferences and I had all this material and I would pick up extra copies and right. rather throw it out. I'm like, you know, what do I do with this? Right. So I turned it over to my local libraries.
1: Right. And I understand that the book was banned at some point. Or it's still banned
2: yeah that, that's uh unfortunate and um these are the kinds of things that need to be brought uh attention to in local municipalities so people can get out there and protest just like here in lansdale and i think tom you showed up that day um when we had drag what was it called drag um story time and um, there was a huge protest that drag queens were reading to children. Um,
1: I, I've uh, seen that in the news. I've really seen that in the news where it's
0: drag. Uh,
2: that's more about gender expression.
0: Yeah, I've heard about that, too, and not just in Lansdale.
2: That, that's yeah.
0: It. Wait a minute. Didn't the drag queens in Lansdale read it Round Guys Brewing? <laughs> Well, they they have a show
2: at Round Guys Brewing. That's what I thought, but it was um, another. I guess um, I guess you could call him a drag queen. He's actually straight. But he went by the name of Annie Christ. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. and um, but he enjoys uh, this is entertainment for for. Remember, there's a difference between a drag queen and a cross dresser. Drag queens are. Purely entertainment, um, my understanding. Um, cross-dressing is a whole different thing. Um, so, yes, um, this happened in, in Lansdale. He, he does, um, Annie Kreis had done some entertainment at Round Guys and then um, decided that he wanted to do a drag queen story time at the Lansdale Public Library. Folks heard about it they weren't happy parents came out you know um and um but um they were met with pro-lgbt folks that day um actually it was so popular that the mayor of lansdale gave antichrist um a some type of commemoration (laughs) because there was such an outpouring of love with parents and their children's coming out to the protest to support um, Antichrist. Wow. So, proud of that happened here in Lansdale.
1: You know what, that sounds like a good guest to get on the show, someone of the drag queens from the Drag Queens Reading. I would love to get them on the show and talk about that.
3: Yep. If I may, uh, the first time I went to a, a, a drag show, a friend of mine was performing and um, I think what really solidified pronouns for me was uh, the pronouns a drag performer would take as their character in the show. So my friend is non-binary and they went by they, them, um, but performed as a male and adopted he, him. And there was a lot of that um, between different performers I've seen. Um, Some were who uh, were female and performed as male and vice versa. And while I had trans friends before that, it was seeing that, that quick bouncing back and forth between talking to them at the bar when they were out of character or talking to them when they were in character that really drove the point home for me.
2: I, I think that's um, interesting and so oftentimes hard to follow. Even um, in, in the trans community, if you have a female that's transitioning to a male, but they want to be referred to they, them, um, you know, it's, it's very interesting. And that's that whole gender spectrum that we talk about.
3: Yeah. And you know what, I, 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 with, you get used to it with practice. If you really care about a person like we had Chris on Last show. And if you care about the person, you respect them, you'll make the effort. And um, honestly, it just everybody's happy for it. So I don't
1: yeah, You know what, what Chris said was I'm bad at I'll say he, she, and then I'll go they I'll switch and she said it's actually more meaningful when someone corrects themselves in the moment because it made me feel better. Not that this is about me making me feel better. But it made me feel better in knowing that I didn't offend someone.
3: It, it is. You it's continue. a thing. It's we've been we've been taught to say things a certain way for however long you've been alive, and to adapt to a new new way of speaking, new thoughts. It's it's it can be difficult, but this is not the hardest thing in the world.
2: Right. Right. I agree, and you know, oftentimes I've had these visions of, you know, how when you watch Star Trek, like the original Star Trek, and you know, we're, we, now we're jetted into the future. I think you're just gonna see more and more non-binary people. Like if you really jet into the future, you're gonna see male, female, non-binary, and that whole spectrum yes. in between. I've, and, always,
0: I've always thought that we should adapt a term from English county nomenclature to refer to non-binary people. You know, male, female, middle sex. <laughs> and as you
2: mentioned, the Journalist Society was um, kind of working on that or they, they put together a book of guidelines?
0: Uh, well, there is the NLGJA style book. I haven't seen, I haven't checked to see what it has about, you know, non-binary gendered people in it again. Uh, We will eventually get used to referring to them as they, but I think it will take a while. Yes. Um, And and so the NJG, I can never get that acronym out. NLGJA, the Association of LGBTQ Journalists.
1: Yes. And can you explain to our listeners what that is?
0: Uh, Founded as the National Lesbian and Gay Journalists Association back around 1980 or so, this is the professional organization that advocates for fair treatment and coverage of queer people in the news media and advances the interests of queer journalists within news organizations.
2: Hey, Sandy, is that style book available online? I think that would be great to post a link to that style book on our, our, our my Facebook page.
0: Um, I'll see if I can find it. I'm not sure if it's linked from NLGJA.org. But if it is, I'll send that to you.
1: And if you send me a message, I have hard copies I can get to folks. Um, but it's, and Sandy, did you say it's also was it published by the AP Associated Press?
0: AP Associated Press style book is a completely different animal, much larger, ah. much more comprehensive.
1: Okay, and and Sandy, I'm told... co-president of the NLJGA, I told... Philadelphia chapter.
2: Yeah. But Once again, something else I think we should get into our libraries. Okay. Yeah. Um, Let's
0: see, just looking. Uh, I think right now it's probably about time to start uh, this week's political cues. Ricky, what you got for us?
2: Oh, I have a lot and I'm going to squeeze it in um, because I know we're timed. Um, So, I was—I had emailed um, my friend, uh, State Representative Elizabeth Hambich of the 61st uh, legislative district here in Montgomery County. Uh, that's Lower Gwinnett, Upper Gwinnett, North Wales, and some surrounding areas. Um, she circulated a memo two weeks ago to her counterparts that was titled "Protecting LGBT Individuals from Discrimination in the Credit Service Industry." She had introduced it as HB 1656 last year, but of course it didn't move in our state-controlled GOP. Researchers at Ivy College of Business at Ohio State University analyzed national mortgage data from 1990 to 2015 and found the approval rate for same-sex couples for credit was 3 to 8% lower than heterosexual couples. And based on this data, same-sex applicants were 73% more likely to be denied and, if approved, paid more in interest in fees. Taken over a course of a 30-year mortgage, increased interest rates can add up to tens of thousands of dollars for same-sex couples. Now, while the research (laughs) cites a difference in finance fees averaging less than 0.5%, the combined cost added up to as much as 86 million annually for LGBT. while mortgage applicants are not required to disclose their sexual orientation, researchers suggest that perception and internal bias is just as damaging in terms of discrimination. The Federal Fair Housing and Equal Credit Opportunity Act forbid discrimination based on a borrower's race, gender, marital status, or religion, but neither specifically lists sexual orientation. Uh, Representative Nambidge's legislation aims to combat this discrimination by amending Pennsylvania's Credit Services Act. The bill adds denying credit or increasing charges and fees based on sexual orientation, gender really? identity, or yeah. as a forbidden activity for credit service companies. So, oh, wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, wait. Um, just, I know that there's redlining for urban neighborhoods when it comes to pricing or car insurance and stuff, but there's there's something out there now because you're LGBTQ?
2: Well, uh, yes. Um, apparently she must have saw this data and wanted to introduce it because she serves on our commerce committee here in um, Montgomery County, I believe, or, or she did last term. I'm just wondering now that President Biden has signed an executive order protecting LGBT folks whether this legislation is necessary. And I plan on contacting her office to find out more about that. So that's just one thing. Well, I just wanted to um, go on to my next topic.
1: Okay, I, I want to comment on that one for a second. So that says that as a Black woman, who is in the LGBT community? You community, black female. Gay. It's a double Grammy. Oh, yeah, It's like triple. Um, okay, I'm, I just wanted to know where I stood. You know, it helps to know where you stand.
2: Got you there, sweetheart. We gotta, you know, get out there and and um, you know keep up the good fight. I was set this this morning while I was preparing for the show. Um, Senator Katie Muth's husband, Trevor, <laughs> who happened to be friends with, sent me this through Facebook this morning. Um, she had posted this to her page. It is with a humble heart and deep respect that I accept the position of chairwoman of the LGBT Equality Caucus, along with uh, Representative Brian Sims. So the Pennsylvania LGBT Equality Caucus is a bipartisan and bicamarial Caucus um, made up of members of the General Assembly who advocate for equality for LGBT and Q residents. Um, They organized in 20, um, they have organized uh, a new legislative session um, with Representative Brian Sims as the co-caucus chairman, um, with Malcolm Kenyatta, and, and now Katie is serving on this committee as chairwoman. Um, I'm so excited for Katie. Uh, she uh, serves here as a senator in uh, Bucks, Chester, and Montgomery in the 44th Senatorial District. So uh, quick note on that. Uh, something else here. Um, there's actually several political stuff. I don't want to go over time. Yeah, you, you know s-
1: what? Even if you just give us the headline, it's something that we can... Um
2: uh, let me find it I, you know what i think that's it the, the only other thing and i don't have it here in front of me but upper dublin township passed a conversion therapy proclamation um it is not an ordinance but they made a proclamation that they are now for um uh, conversion therapy so i commend them on doing that that's my friend christine bradley um i believe got that started along with um, um um Ellen Toplin uh, who is okay.
1: a um so Ricky, you, you're in Montgomery County is that right
2: yes here in Lansdale Montgomery County
1: okay. so and yep. the um Ricky Ricky and the the birds that's going to be every week and it's going to give a little bit kind of what's happening in the queer, queer swirl about kind of what's happening in the birds because they're I mean, in Philly, probably like other major cities, you know, you have these connections to these communities that are kind of a little bit west, a little bit east, but they're right there. And we travel through them and to them without even realizing it sometimes, but we don't always know what's happening. in those. Well, I
2: appreciate you giving me the um, airwaves to promote Montgomery County because everything always seems like centers around Philadelphia right. all the time. And, you know, we have a thriving LGBT community out here.
1: And one of the things that I've also noticed in talking to Ricky, not just Montgomery County where he lives, but it's like he knows everybody in every county or who's the LGBTQ spokesperson in this county or that county. Just so many counties, like he's very well connected there. So we look forward to kind of what's happening in our near and far.
0: Not wishing to reignite an old war here that finally seems to be cooling down. But yeah, I do need to point that uh, while Ricky you are right about that uh, Philadelphia is indeed the center of the region um, without it the region wouldn't exist um, there would um, that we that we acknowledge that there are eight counties in this region and that each of them and that each of the Montgomery especially have become activity hubs in their own right uh, Montgomery thanks largely to <coughs> King of Prussia um, <laughs> Uh, is an, is an acknowledgement. But, you know, uh, I didn't live here at the time, but I remember the bad old days when people seemed to think out in the burbs that if you dropped a bomb on broad bar- and market streets, nothing would change.
2: <laughs> Sandy, we'll have to go into this a little further in another show, but I'm going to counter. First of all, yes, Philly's great. And I love the Philadelphia news and Mark Siegel um, for, um, he, I think Mark really put Philly... On the map with his newspaper, um, bringing people together. But I will say, and this is a bug I have up my, you know, um, koosh, that um, a lot of Philadelphia organizations promote themselves as the greater Philadelphia this and the greater Philadelphia that, and they do not come into our county to promote. And, you know, I can get into that a little bit better. But um, there's some issues with that. And look, hey, it's all great, but hey, have somebody on your board for your organization, if you want to call yourselves the greater Philadelphia this or the greater Philadelphia that. Yeah, and come out, and do some work.
0: Oh, okay. yeah. I will grant you that. I, if, you're, if you're promoting if you are saying you're representing the region, then your organization should, in its makeup, represent the region.
1: Yeah.
2: Agreed. Thank you, my friend.
1: Yeah, we're gonna to have to do something about that and, and bring that up again. So, Sandy, where are we are with the time? Let's
0: see. We're probably getting ready to um, uh, and bring our guest of the day on. And Tom,
1: I so apologize. Please, I didn't doing all the segments, um, but I know that when we talked about the other day last week, when we were in the um, thread with Nelson and Ricky, I think it was Rick, where Ricky and I connected. You, us, us two. Yeah. Um, and I knew that you also were. When I brought up the I am Jazz book, I just happened to bring it up, and I believe you said you were familiar with the book. She was familiar with the book, and I didn't realize that Jazz is now in college and all of these wonderful things that um, about the book and that whole process and her life. And then I found out there are other books and kind of as she's growing up. Correct. Wow
4: yeah I've, I've known jazz since she was about seven years old and her mother um i met them at the trans health conference in philadelphia i see them every year over there she uh jazz and her mother janet host a little party for uh other children under 18 years old on yeah. the friday night of the youth conference where it's almost like a wedding it used to be a swim party mm-hmm. where all the kids could come swim at the hotel now it's more like a, a wedding reception where all the kids come in They'll have games and dancing and karaoke, and it's just a real nice time, and everybody gets to meet Jazz. Uh, what Jazz has been through, and with that book, uh, she's she's a hero to me. I mean, she really is. She's really opened a path up for a lot of kids, but she's also shown the rough side, the the, the threats from the outside people, and all that type of stuff.
1: Right, right. So I
4: really I admire her a lot. That's on
1: the. I think it's it's like for preschoolers or younger ages. She talks about then about everyone doesn't accept it you know and that's powerful
2: yeah.
1: for like my child was diagnosed with dyslexia completely different but diagnosed with dyslexia when she was first going in the second grade first they just called it a learning difference and watching her grow and accept that and come out with enough um, just from you know being around the right people in the right kind of environment the American dyslexia society she was able to say hey, um, I'm dyslexic. Um, a lot of people think that makes I'm dumb, but actually, what you don't know is that a lot of the geniuses, Albert Einstein, she names all these people who had learning differences. But it was beautiful to hear her express that. Doesn't mean that she still get didn't get. Sure. You know she was different, or you know she didn't fall under the norm, and she went to a different second school. Um, but it was a wonderful thing when your child gets to that level. Um, so I can imagine what that was like for family and people who knew her.
4: Back then. Yeah. And, you know, Jazz has brothers also who were extremely supportive the entire time, yeah. Older brothers. Yeah, they, they her family's is really amazing. They, they really, they, they really walked the walk. Wonderful.
1: She's in college now, I understand, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah, they, I don't know if she's taking a little break right now after her surgery. She did have some problems. Okay. Um, she had her surgeries two years ago. She seems to be on the mend and doing much better, but I'm not sure if she's in this semester or not with the COVID and everything.
1: Wow. okay. Okay. Well, that's good to know. It was just such a wonderful thing too. And I think someone had mentioned that because the, I went to the first trans, my first trans health. <laughs> oof, the last five or six years, probably closer to the five or six, um, because I do a lot of outreach room women against abuse, domestic violence, and that was my first time there and I was blown away. Yeah. It's come from all I have
4: over, yet to been to all, a- all over the world. It's not it's not the tri-state area. It's not the United States, and, and they come with children as young as three, four, five years old from from other countries. It's it's just such a great resource in this area.
1: Yeah, it, it's funny. I met Chris there years ago. We didn't recognize each other. I think she got referred to a friend of a friend to be on the show. And at some point after the show, when I think. I- is updating my contacts. I realized she was still in my contacts, and she had my business card from then. And it was just like, wow, it's a small world that we went through all of this and we met on the show again. I didn't realize until after the show we had met. I met her at the trans conference. Then right. at the trans conference. So um, it was good to hear about. It. And so I think she suggested that if the last in 2020, the trans health conference was canceled because of COVID-19, but Um, Folks are waiting to see what's going to happen to it in 2021 will be
4: virtual what's going to happen. I I hope I I hope we get to the point where we can have it. It's a really good time, I guess. And and for children, especially uh, the younger ones to be there and see so many other people just like them. What what a great reinforcement for them. It's just a wonderful thing. And, And it was sad that it didn't happen last year.
1: Right. And you know, in, 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 in the reference to that, to back up a little bit to the political cues, to see, like I watched the inauguration, but to see a woman of color, back up, a woman,
4: feminist, okay? Yeah.
1: A woman, a woman of color, the vice president, just, oh, it, you, you, it, I can't even express what that means. So it relates back to smaller children seeing people looking like them. Um, and there's been a couple of memes with, um, Kamala Harris, as and you see, like, the little girl, little black girl, and then you see her in the background, there was one with this little girl was standing on top of a sink or something in the bathroom, I guess you can't see me, with my arms reached, and, um, Kamala was on the other side, raising her arms up, and the little girl was mimicking her,
0: um, I'm sure you all saw, saw the, uh, go ahead. I said, I'm sure you all saw the, uh, re- the recreation of the famous Norman Rockwell painting? Yes. mm mm-hmm.
1: Yes, yes. Powerful, very powerful. I actually, actually went that from my house. That was very powerful. I totally get to seeing people who look like you.
2: Hey, hey, Tom, can you talk about your dad
4: hugs a little bit? Oh, I would love to. And we We, we kind of met through dad hugs, didn't we? I believe we did. I forget it's- exactly how.
2: <laughs> I'm not sure if we were Facebook friends first and then we ran into each other.
4: Oh, I, yeah, you know what? You may be right, yeah. Um, what
0: I would definitely like to know right off the top is what is a dad hug and what they dad- <laughs> call other hugs?
4: <laughs> a, da- a dad hug, I want to give you one of my favorite dad hug stories. I was at 30th Street Station heading down for a pride event in Philadelphia. Um, the kids were going into the bathroom. i take my kids and grandkids down for me. we try to hit every event there is. And I had an 80-year-old guy walk up to me and give me a hug in 30th Street Station and cried in my arms for like 20 minutes and just said, that's all I ever wanted from my father was that hug. Mm, that just okay. sums it up. It's, just, it's, it's a hug that's for people that just need a hug, you know, whether they're LGBT or not. You're mm-hmm. deprived of them. There's a lot of people that have just been discriminated against all their lives, have not had the support yeah, of those families. Uh, of mom's hugs started, you know, quite a few years ago, and then the dad's kind of jumped in on after that one. And we just go to event after event after event with my free dad hug shirt on and offer those hugs. Last year, Lansdale had their pride event. Um, unfortunately with COVID, we couldn't do the hugs. So I gave out flags instead and gave out several hundred flags. It was a really good event that year. Cool.
2: Cool. That's really great. And yes, again, that could be a problem this year with the dad hugs.
4: Um, we'll get more flags. We need can, to figure yeah. out, yeah.
0: Hand <laughs> out a mask, hand <laughs> out a mask, yeah.
4: yeah. You
0: know Absolutely. what? And, and, and there's
1: something, even if there is a, an online conference, there's, I'm sure there's some way that you can kind of give a virtual hug, you know, um, sure but I think it's important to have that in folks who are discriminated against, there's a whole bunch of folks that have been discarded by society. Um, I,
2: I have an idea. I should hit Mattel up and have them create a stuffed Tom Frey.
4: I
0: think one of the interesting and more important aspects of the dad hug is that it helps us rethink what it means to be a man. Hmm. Um, wow. You know, one of the things that I that we have had as a society very difficult time doing is, you know, allowing men to express their emotional side, their sensitive side. Um, that is not part of the traditional, you know, image of masculinity as we Mm -hmm. defined it. Um, uh, you know, the hug has always been something that a mom gave, not a dad, but God knows, I think we all wanted our dads to hug us. Mm -hmm. I know I wanted mine.
3: I, I just want to say that Tom, just meeting you this past, what, half hour, um, you sound like you have done more. For your children than my dad has ever done for me, and I'm a little low key jealous, but like it, it's it's good. Um, my dad was a uh, my dad had had children very let's say old. <laughs> uh, well, he was born in 1929, um, old enough to be most people's grandfathers, and he lived through. I guess the tail end of the Great Depression, World War II, Vietnam, the whole civil rights movement, and maybe has offered me two pieces of advice my entire life and I'm I'm turning 35 soon. And uh, it's really good to see someone like you um, just embracing all of this. And uh, yeah, I I just uh,
4: thank you. Yeah, Tom. Well, that, that, uh, thank you, and we're always we're always willing to bring you on. <laughs> yeah, you I get that work. too. Um, you know, it's funny
2: you say that, Herman, because I never thought about. Um, but I don't think my father or mother, for that matter, ever really hugged me. I don't remember that kind of nurture from my parents. Um, they were very old school. They loved me. They worked hard for me. They gave me, you know, um, a private school education, Um, um, you know, but I wasn't nurtured like parents nurture their kids today. And I would have loved to have more hugs from my mother and my father. So thanks again, Tom, for for everything you do out there.
4: Yeah, Yeah, and talking about the whole thing with parents, my father, who's a retired Philadelphia police officer now, he, he happened to be a very physically and sexually abusive father. Um, so we didn't have that kind of connection emotionally also. My the whole dad hugs thing and kind of being the ally really goes back to grade school. I was 11 or 12 years old and we had a neighborhood kid. I was bullied, bullied horribly. Most of it because my father was a cop. So the other yeah. kids in the neighborhood, you know, you're a cop's kid, we're gonna take it all out on you. So I got, a, got my, my butt beat quite a few days. But one day there was another kid in the neighborhood that people used to call him horrible names. You know, they assumed he was gay. Um, and, I, and to this day, I don't know whether he was or wasn't, but he was called those horrible names. And there was one day where the, the, the king bully in the neighborhood came up to him and walked up and just spit on him. And, and I'm standing there and I looked at looked in his face and then he looked back at me and I thought, man, I got to you know, I'm going to stand up to this. I, I got to try to help this kid out. And I froze. I did nothing. And the boy looked over at me. He's like, what are you going to do? And, and my first thought was, is I was going to punch him in the nose and protect my other friend over here is getting bullied. But I didn't, I didn't, I got scared. I didn't want to get beat myself that day. Right. And I left. And, and what was kind of normal is I would get home and say about these interactions. And my father would beat my ass for not standing up for myself or being a wimp or being whatever. Right. And. That really kind of changed me when that event happened. Um, I never never stepped down again whenever he was being bullied at that point. I just, that look in his face, when I got scared and turned and walked away, I'll never get out of my head. He was just, he thought he was gonna die when I walked away. I was his only hope and I walked away from it. And I I promised myself at that point, I'm never gonna be the guy that walks away again.
2: Well, unfortunately this is still happening today. You know, even though- yeah, it's still happening, and I, I just want to say one one other thing real quick with that. Um, you know, I, I wasn't trying to put that on myself like I was never hugged or nurtured. Uh, I I think there's a lot of folks out there whose fathers, you know, just don't hug their kids. They they they're there for their kids and everything, but I don't. Now maybe today's a little different. I think that we have a new generation of parents that are emerging, but. You know, g- guys in their f- 50s and 60s, I I'd be curious to see how many guys in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s really hugged their kids. Um, and and mothers for that
3: matter too. Yeah, I'm in yeah,
1: that. I'm, b- I'm still in therapy over the mother thing,
3: yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean.
1: Still there, it's actually tabled. Like well, <laughs> we couldn't go there right now.
3: No, yeah, same thing for me. Um, uh similar background to you ricky but you know um my parents were just enough were just around enough to be present i'm gonna say doing the minimum amount and you know i was fortunate um than some of the other kids i know you know I, i did end up going to a catholic school for uh high school but you know, I physical physical contact affection was never really a thing. But like my mom and dad, they always fought, threatened divorce. And my dad was Muslim and my mom was Catholic, so it was like living in the Crusades. And wow. I'm adverse to religion now. But um, yeah, I mean, there was a there was a level of homophobia um, growing up from both sides. And don't even just the idea of someone being trans was not even I can't even imagine what that would have been like. Herman, can I ask what Catholic school you went
2: to? Because I I, I went through the parochial school system.
3: I went to St. Therese in Mount Erie. It's now closed. And I graduated from Cardinal Doherty in 2004. I'm I'm, I'm
4: I'm 1986
3: Doherty. Nice. I was, you graduated when I was born. Awesome. (laughs) Oh, I've heard that before. Right.
2: (laughs) Um, I I went to Archbishop Kennedy. Uh, I was asked kindly to leave in my junior year. And then I I went to, that's a whole other story. Funny. I'm not sure I can tell it on the air. Okay. Um, Oh, really? (laughs) I think you've heard that story, Tom. Um, But uh, uh, I ended up at Bishop McDevitt. I used to take the train. Um, from Ambler to Glenside and walk. Um, And it was, um, I'm actually glad that happened to me uh, because I met a whole new set of friends. And, you know, me, the community connector, I introduced all my friends from Kennedy to my folks from Bishop McDevitt. And I had myself, you know, the best of both worlds. So, yeah, I love our Catholic school memories. I often wonder how I turn out if I I went to public school. (laughs) I might have been a a bigger bad-
4: I, I I I have always hated Catholic school myself.
2: Come on, Tom. Hate's not in our vocabulary. It's strongly
4: dislike. <laughs> I, I despise I despise going to Catholic school. How's that one? I did. I was not a big fan of their teachings, and I strayed from the Catholic Church for many all churches for many many years. Um, and recently, my wife had got me back into a, a truly all accepting Catholic Church in flower can. So that's really changed a lot of things. Do I have time uh, to tell
2: you my story? to hell yeah. I got kicked out.
4: Yeah. You have time. Let's, let's, I'm let's sitting go. I'm
2: sitting on my stoop one day minding my own business. My friend Bonnie who lived across the street came over and said, look what I found in my brother's bedroom. And they, they were Hustler magazines and Hustler did a pictorial of priests and nuns. <laughs> oh oh <laughs> I, I said, I have an idea. It was one of those I love Lucy moments. And this was before we had scanners. I ran upstairs, got my yearbook. We went over to the Wisaken Valley Public Library. I photocopied the cameo shots of the faculty and came home and cut their heads out, pasted them on the pictures, um, bought rolls of scotch tape. The Next day, my friend Jimmy, who was a senior, um, picked me up. I didn't have to take the, the bus that day. Um, so we, we headed over to the B Field in Conchahokan and we were blowing a couple of joints. Before we went to school, and I handed these out um, to my friends. And we, of course, were late for school that day. <laughs> and so when we arrived at school, everyone had been in class. So we put these up in the stairwells, and it was little gridlock in the stairwells that day. And um, between classes, uh, a teacher saw me with a roll of scotch tape and backed me up against the wall <laughs> and said, What do you have there? And I had one more picture folded up into a very small square and as he backed me up I stuck it down my pants <laughs> and um it was down to the disciplinary office and that was how I got ousted from Archbishop Kennedy. <laughs> uh,
0: it's a quote mod that'll get you for that.
3: I was uh gonna say real quick that my last few years at uh Cardinal Docerty um was eye-opening because at least some of the priests I had for teachers were actually really accepting about um, uh, topics of sexuality. I we had um, I know we had one student who was a lesbian and he was out, and you know you you'd expect the typical you know hate and guilt they would um, they would display for people who were gay or anything like that, and. Um, No, they were really accepting. They said, you know, that's the way God made you. And I was like, oh, okay, that's. um, And like the other thing that was kind of funny was, um, so, you know, generally uh, Catholics are against contraceptives. So, you know, abstain, abstain, abstain. They actually said, hey, we know you guys are going to have sex. We would like you to not do that and wait till you're married but let's be real, you're going to do it anyway. So please make use of the condoms that are in the nurse's office. They are free.
1: Wow. And
3: I was, yeah, I was actually blown away because then I would go to church services with my mom at different parishes and it was like, okay, uh, I can't reconcile how this group is more liberal, I guess, and the other group is more conservative, but they're the same group, whatever, it wasn't for
2: I, I just want to share one more thing off on that, uh, going back to Catholic school. So about 20 years ago, I'm coming out of the 2-4 Club, which is now where <laughs> And as I'm walking out at, what was it, 4 a.m.? Who walks out behind me, and I'm not going to mention his name, but was one of my teachers at Archbishop Kennedy dressed yeah. in full leather. Nice. (laughs) And I said, is that you? And I was with a buddy from high school. Um, And so we're friends to this day on Facebook. (laughs) After that.
0: I miss where?
2: My friend Frankie Morelli, God rest his soul, was the longest bartender of tenure.
0: I remember Frankie myself. uh, I used to be a regular Pure Pink when Natasha was holding forth with Karaoke Nights. He would always greet you when you came in at 10.30 with good morning.
2: Oh, I know, Frankie.
0: There's a Facebook group you might want to join called Frankie's End of the Bar.
2: Ah, I think I might be on it. I, I always wish him a happy birthday every year. Um, but Frankie was wonderful and he was a DJ. And whenever I couldn't think of music, because when, when I ran a gay bar in Montgomery County, um, I had Frankie come up and spin. Because uh, not only was he a bartender, but he was a DJ, as you know. And um, whenever I couldn't think of a song, I would call him and sing it to him and he'd say, oh, and, and he'd, he'd have the title and the artist for me. <laughs> Missed up, miss, miss him yeah. so much, as many of us do. Indeed. We got to
0: do GASCUE now. OK,
1: so this segment is. For straight folks or allies or anyone out there, it's, a, it's an opportunity to ask the question that you always wanted to ask a gay person. It's meant to be ed- educational, sometimes innocent, in- innocent enough questions, but sometimes they're rude and, and, and intrusive. The question is, are gays are gays turned gay because of their sex because they were sexually abused?
2: I can't believe that question was asked.
1: Yeah, but, surprised.
2: but I but I, I, I think a lot of gay men have been sexually abused.
4: From the straight guy, I was sexually abused for years as a child, and I'm straight, so uh, I'd say it's not.
1: I'm looking at Herman. He has this look on his face. He unmuted his mic, and he has this look on his face like there's <laughs> guys. It's oh, always man. wonderful to have the ally, because they always give you the...
3: So the- that is a very straight question to ask, because <laughs> um, I've heard this in a circle of friends, and sometimes this is like completely innocent. People just don't know, and... It's, I, I, don't know. I mean, because I could, add, I could, I could like ask a a uh, another question as an answer. Is like you know, are people who were sexually abused more tend to be more sexually promiscuous? Huh. You know, that can tread into you know, you know, homosexual activity. I guess. Um, but
1: but, here, but here's the thing on that hurt people
3: hurt mm-hmm. people
1: so it's not that it's making you gay, um, right? So the uh, what you just said, I know it just popped in my head. The whole straight hurt people hurt people. So sometimes when folks are yeah. sexually abused, they might become
3: yeah. the perpetrator. Someone some do, some don't. don't. It's not like yeah. You know
1: who would
2: be great to answer this question? It Just dawned on me i have a lot of gay friends who were married and had Mm -hmm. children so Mm -hmm. you know they were in a heterosexual relationship and had kids and halfway through the marriage they you know it dawned on them like what am i doing and that's where the gay married men's association has come about and i've met quite a few there's quite a few men that have joined that organization i think that would be a great question for folks like that um
1: so, so you're referring to a, a married man who? What am I doing? Because why am I with the woman when I really want to be with a man? Is that what we're talking?
2: That's right. Um. So they joined this group called the Gay Married Men's Association, where they met other men who were in heterosexual relationships and um, bonded, and decided that they were going to many of them leave their wives, um, and then actually join their families together. I have a quite a few gay male friends who have been separated or divorced from their wives and now have brought their families together like the Brady Bunch. And I have to tell you, they're doing one freaking heck of a job raising these kids. Um, my friend Kevin the other day just posted that his daughter um, has received scholarship uh, to... Uh, some great university um tom i know you're familiar with some of the same folks i'm talking about and these kids have smiles from ear to ear on their face when they post pictures um so uh, that's my take on that i'd love to um hear what these guys have to say about that i
4: i I would like to add as far as that question goes is like with context because being in um, some sexual abuse survivor groups talking with other men that's a question i get from a lot of men that that were sexually abused as children am i gay because i was abused when i was a child right. so is the person asking do you become gay from being abused or it's the person asking do they feel that they may be gay or not sure because they were abused
1: so but listen to listen to the third and fourth words are gays turned gay did they did you turn gay because you were sexually abused and that goes back to you you're not turned gay you are this is something that um, in today's society we're op- more open with children kind of saying you know don't call me a boy I really want to be a girl or whatever that means like the jazz book like that's reality so it, it goes back to the argument of are you turned gay or at what point did you come have that come to Jesus talk with yourself.
3: Actually, I have an answer for that um, sort of Um, uh, because this is a conversation I had many years ago and uh, with someone else. And the conclusion we came to that, all right, this is gonna get kind of dark, but let's say you were sexually abused by someone of the same sex um, and you have all the trauma that goes on with that. But later down the line, you figure, hey, I actually like same sex of whoever, you know, besides the fact that you were abused by someone from same sex, but it came down to maybe that was always your inclination and your first time was just awful. Mm, Yeah.
1: Yeah. So
3: it's not about, I would say it's not about turning gay, but, um, you know, we do. We did mention that it's kind of a spectrum, and like you grow into things, you fall out of things as you get older. So I don't think there's like, oh, you know, this happened, so I pressed the gay button. I don't think that's a thing. But
2: yeah, there's, there's, we we need to continue this conversation um, on our next show. Um, <laughs> I want to make sure before we go on to our next segment, this is really important. My Ricky and the Burbs segment. The SAGA Community Center located in HAPO is holding their first annual Bucksmont Pride Festival on Saturday, July 10th. Uh, This is long overdue. Um, I actually stepped off as president of the Montgomery County LGBT Business Council to pursue Forming another 501c3 here in Montgomery County to put on a Pride Festival. I'm happy I don't have to do this anymore. I'm actually thrilled that Saga is doing this. Um, they're looking uh, for some seed money, about $20,000. They have a GoFundMe page. I think Tom and I both donated. I saw a Dag Hugs donation on there, brother. Uh, thank you for that. Um, so, um, you know, no word yet on if Lansdale Pride is going to be having their Pride Walk this year. I certainly hope they do that because I have an event off of that event. I don't know if I'll be able to do one with the Hatfield, Hatboro, Hatboro Pride Festival. Um, But I love a parade and I love a festival. And um, Monco is a big county so to have two festivals like this would be awesome. Back to you, Sandy. Thank you for letting me get that in there.
0: All right. <clears throat> it's time for our lightning round now, newsworthy or not. Uh, we're going to have a little quick route read of some interesting stories in the news, and y'all got to react fast, like two snaps up, child, please. <laughs> um, you know, hated it, that. Uh, initial reaction is
1: not a lot of conversation. These are stories that have happened in the world, and we just get, didn't get a chance to bring them up, so um, I have something for newsworthy or not. Remember, your first reaction. You guys, a lot of you last week did. It was like, what? No. Um, so the one I had this week is by Dr. Rachel Levine, first transgender cabinet nominee. And if she's elected, she will become the highest ranking, openly transgender person to serve in government.
3: Good. Good.
0: Not nominated, but yes. She snaps up.
1: Paul Contestant Gotnick is the first trans masculine openly transgender male contestant.
0: On RuPaul's Drag Race.
1: Yes, yes, like last week. So it made history because he mentioned that during the show, his castmates didn't even know.
0: And he talked about having his top surgery. Wait, 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 wait. wait. He's trans F to M dressing as an F, right? Yes, first trans man. Oh boy, talk about a gender bender. Male contestant. <laughs> talk about a gender bender.
2: I want to turn into that episode. I, ha- I haven't been watching uh, Drag Race, but I miss it. He
1: he, he, he. So in drag, I found this interesting. In drag, she, her are the pronouns. Out of drag, it's he, him. And that was made clear.
3: Um, like what I mentioned earlier, yeah.
0: Yeah, I have a uh, item from the news of the weird. Um, A couple in Sherbrooke, Quebec, were each buying $1,500 on January 9th when police spotted the pair walking outside about an hour after the city's 8 p.m. curfew with a husband wearing a leash, CTV News reported. Ah. The city's curfew allows for dog walking after 8 p.m., but police rejected the couple's claim that they were following the rules.
1: I didn't get dog walking from Matt at all. My <laughs> someplace else. <laughs>
0: I'm like, I'm they're,
2: they're probably part of the whole SM world and wanted he wanted to be humiliated like that. I could I can think there, possibly. My one word reaction
0: would be woof. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
2: Gotcha there. I I have something real quick. Um you, you know that my pillow guy, uh, the my pillow CEO says retailers have dropped the brand amidst his basics, uh, baseless voter fraud claims. Um so folks like uh, Wayfair, Bed Bath and Beyond, Coles, they're all dropping this guy's products and, and um he's he's really <laughs>
4: upset about it.
2: So um, I Lord, Lord, just Lord. love that got um,
1: in the car and did a fist
2: pump. On well, yeah, take that. Yeah. Well, Walmart, Amazon, they're they're all um, they stop stocking my pillow. They're they're afraid uh, they're going to be stuck with stock.
0: Come to think of it, I haven't seen any ads for that product on MSNBC
4: mm-hmm. in the last week or two.
2: Praise God! Mm-hmm. I I never I used to walk away when I when I see the guy.
4: Sometimes the trash takes itself out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that note, on that note Tom we will end sometimes the trash takes itself
3: uh, could not have said it any better yeah.
1: this concludes another week of Cue the Mic Herman can they find our podcast
3: Oh, we can find the podcast on Amazon Spotify, the Google Store iTunes and if there's anywhere else that you'd like to find us let us know
1: bye y'all
0: to the beach, y'all.
3: Thank you. More no coffee.
1: Thanks, and thanks, Tom, our guest. And Sandy, take it away.
0: You have been listening to Cue the Mic on Germantown Community Radio, 92.9 FM, WGGTLP, Philadelphia, and online at gtownradio.com.